You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but, you know, occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? I'm surviving, bro. Howdy. What's up? How you doing? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I am exhausted, both just in general life. Uh, There is a lot of real shit going on in the world, obviously, but also with the lead up to the NBA's bubble season. It's hard to watch multiple players test positive for COVID outside of the bubble. There were two in the bubble and like the league not doing anything about it. And part of me like not wanting them to do anything about it because I would love 24 seven basketball for the rest of the summer, but also knowing that like that is terrible. So it's, I'm just at this point, I am just kind of like wanting to tune out and check out and be like, let's, let's just, if, if it's going to happen, let's, you know, wait for it to happen. Let's cut the speculating and, and maybe let's turn our attention to other things in the meantime to, to fill the time. Yeah, in retrospect, I think the NBA should have given it a different name because what do bubbles do? They pop. (laughs) And it already seems like this is not working extremely well. Like, people are going out to get food and, you know, the whole thing seems on its face like if it wasn't the nba if this wasn't sports if we were just talking about hey there's this business that's going to try to open oh where oh in florida yeah yeah you'd be like oh the like fifth worst spot on the planet right now like yeah yeah is that okay well there's no income tax right i mean there's there's no reason this would go forward if it wasn't sports i think yeah. Um, and it's not just the NBA, like the <laughs> in MLB, the Nats like might not be able to play in their stadium because of COVID restrictions, but they could go to Florida for spring train. You know, like all of it seems sort of backwards. None of this makes sense. Like no one should be going to Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one, no one anywhere should be going to Florida. And that and everyone that, should like, be staying. And that's, right. And that's true. Even pre COVID. Yeah, dude, like you the just, president you couldn't travel Florida. somewhere without like bringing, without spreading stuff around. Like it, it's should, everyone. There's you no. You just shouldn't go to Florida. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I, I'm glad we are starting to get some bubble drama, which is exactly what I'm here for with Chris Paul snitching on the entire yeah. league. Since Instead Shams... of the tea, give us the bubs. <laughs> it's happening. Since uh, Shams, this is earlier in the week saying that there were multiple tips that have been placed in the NBA's anonymous hotline, <laughs> which I know is just CP3 calling every time. We're trying on like a different voice to pretend that he's like 15 different people calling in all of these leads. 
Oh, I think it's the players that aren't there yet, and they're just, like, trying to get rid of the people that maybe they don't want to hang out with for two and a half months. <laughs> like, LeBron's calling anonymously. He's being like, this guy's a real jerk, and he's not wearing underwear, and <laughs> he shakes everybody's hand. Um, oh, man. But it's, like, it's even, it's it's funny to think about CP3 snitching on people because... A, that's just hysterical, and B, he's the head of the players' union. <laughs> but you know, like he's he's these he's everyone's boss, sort of, or he's an authority figure in the players. And um, I kind of, I mean, I'm a Pistons fan, so I do appreciate it when people go a little bit dirty. And if it is him, just snit, just calling up on everybody, I kind of love that because I yeah. think Oklahoma City has the legit shot. I really I know, you, do. You, you sent this to me. You sent this to me in in our Slack channel before we got jumped onto the show. That OKC is like the has is number one and plus minus. Okay, so they're number one and plus minus in fourth quarters. They are yeah. the best clutch team in the NBA. Um, like the four players with the highest plus with the best plus minus in clutch situations. All, all four of them are on the Thunder. Um. They, since December, so they had a slow start, but since December 1st, they have the third best record in the NBA behind the Bucks and the Lakers. Like, this is not um, totally unsurprising because I think a bunch of people thought, oh, what an interesting team in the Thunder before the season started. And, oh, okay, it doesn't look like they're trading CP3, so let's just see how this goes. Like, hopefully they'll make the playoffs. And they're one of the five best teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, I mean, it's, again, it's that, it's that constant struggle of like, not wanting all these people to be putting their lives at risk and being like, this is a pandemic. You should, we should all be sheltering in place and like wearing masks and social distancing. And we should just like hunker down and let this thing all pass. But another part of me is like the smaller part of me, the the evil voice in the back of my head is like, God, there's so many good NBA narratives that are like could play out and damn it. I want to see them all happen. Right. You, you want the story. Um, it's not like, I don't think we need to be, I don't think we need to reduce it to a distraction. Like this is a part of the world. It's a big business and employs a bunch of people and a lot of people love it. So we shouldn't just dismiss sports as nothing, but obviously it's not worth somebody's fucking life. And it's not worth like lung scarring. It's not worth, you know, like someone not being able to breathe properly for the rest of their lives. It's not worth being incapacitated. It's also maybe not worth, uh, losing a championship or a title run because of a positive test when you didn't get sick you know like there's yeah. just going to be an asterisk everywhere you know like i mean what are the nets right now and what if zion can't play um right. and hopefully everything's okay with his family uh but let let's say that he's you know quarantined for the you know, first little bit and and then the Pelicans just never, or maybe he gets sick. Like they, the NBA structured the quarantine, this, the bubble, sorry, this way. So that Zion would be able to play. So right. if all of a sudden you don't, and the Pelicans are still a pretty good team without him, I think. I mean, they're one of the most inter- interesting teams there. Um, but all of this, that I think that's part of it is it's going to be interesting because it'll be so chaotic and no one really knows what to expect. And 
the play is going to be real weird. Everyone's going to be rusty. Mm -hmm. Um, Are people going to avoid contact? Like, is this going to be, are there, will there be less fouls? You know, is this going to be kind of a tippy toe? How is is Hardy going to score? Yeah, no, that's going to be a (laughs) legit question though. Like everyone's going to look weird. And um, it is so, it is so easy to fall in love with the idea of this, like, ooh, basketball, and ooh, it's going to look different. And the same with, like, baseball, like, oh, only 60 games? Well, that's fucking crazy. It's sort of like just one big postseason um, because we want to see how it goes. Obviously, right. you're interested in something that you love anyway, and uh, the fact of the matter is that it probably isn't worth it, and we probably shouldn't be doing this at all. Right. And it just doesn't really seem like it's working. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to spend all the podcast talking about this stuff because, like I said at the top of the show, I'm exhausted. Let's talk about yeah. something instead. Let's look back and celebrate the season that we have seen, that we did see, the 2019-2020 season. And I want to take a page out of one of my idols, Shea Sharanos, and uh, talk the best, greatest, most disrespectful, most beautiful dunks uh, <laughs> of the year. And so. We have each come up with our top five dunks of the year using whatever rubric uh, metrics we want, but it's the important dunking is as dunking does. You have to defend those with your dying breath. You know, (laughs) you you can't waver on what you use. Not to to be a downer, but this is to the death. (laughs) This is one of us will not leave this podcast. Uh, And uh, I also want to start off by saying, let's make sure we give an honorable mention to John Morant who almost ended Kevin Love's life. Uh, and certainly that would have been the best dunk of the year if he had completed that. Dude, he had some real good. I mean, one of his is on my list. It's not that oh, one, yeah. but oh, it's yeah, no spoil alerts, but yes, John Morant is most certainly on this. Uh, so we'll start at five and we'll work our way to the top so that you, the listener have to stick around to hear what we think is the best dunk Clever. of the year. I know this is this is why I get paid the big bucks, Natty. Uh, you want to start, or do you want me to start? Uh, go well. Actually, my first one because he's not on your list at all. Apparently, I'm just going to say that every Zion dunk <laughs> is one of the best dunks of the year, except for the first couple where it sort of looks like you know, like a baby giraffe trying to learn how to walk. Like sometimes only his fingertips touch the ball, and the, uh, but after he got into a little bit of a rhythm like every single fucking time he put the ball in the bucket it was amazing yeah so i part of my litmus test was i i like to take the situation of a dunk into consideration obviously uh and where and where its point is was in the game i also just felt for the most part zion's dunks were like incredible standalone none of them were there weren't many, at least what I found when I did was doing my preliminary research. Not a lot of posters, not a lot of like him just like completely eviscerating the defender. Totally. A lot of them are putbacks. A like lot of them someone putbacks. took a shot and he right. just comes in out of nowhere. And um, it's it's sort of weird that people can disregard someone like that like how could you not know where he is absolutely enormous like it's one thing you know if like uh if russell westbrook sneaks in there and gets the put back dunk but yeah or john morant right or john morant but when you lose whatever 300 pound (laughs) zion williamson i i mean i feel like he must have like a gravitational pull like he's not seven feet tall he's what six eight six nine something like that but he's enormous um and it's also 
like he's the new big rook. I sort of feel like all the vets are going to make sure that they like don't get embarrassed by him. Mm. But there he is. You know, he's cleaning up other people's garbage. Uh, he's had some pretty nice alley oops with Lonzo. He's he he did have a, an impressive rookie season for sure. Oh, yeah. And oh, if he yeah. had started at the beginning, then I mean, he would have caught a body. It's like, I mean, it's Jaws, I think, isn't it? Rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah, it should yeah. be. Um, but God damn, Zion is, it, it was as advertised, I think. He's, He's going to, he is, he is going to get someone and he will probably get someone next season and probably multiple people. And then when we do this list for the 2020, 2021 season, uh, his name will probably show up at least on my list. But so was he year five <laughs> or were you just wanting to give him an honorable mention? Uh, no, so I'm going to combine that with all of Miles Bridges dunks because those are also <laughs> fucking amazing. They, I like man, how you that team, how you've internalized internalized the uh, the five best dunks of the year to be <laughs> all everything Zion <laughs> has produced and Miles Bridges has produced. Here's one of the problem with highlight reels, and this has been a problem <laughs> since. Uh, I was born is that there are so many instances of a team doing something good against the Pistons or against the Lions <laughs> or against the Tigers. And there's just so many dunks on the Pistons. And like, obviously, you know, the Pistons aren't a good team, but it's just, it always fucking happens. And so watching all these reels is a little bit tough and I don't want to be like, Oh, well that's the third best versus the Pistons dunk out of nowhere. Awesome. Uh, but actually, one of the dunks on my list is versus Detroit. But whatever. Like, Miles Bridges is great. You're a hater. I love that team. PJ Washington is going to be a what good do you mean dunker. I'm too. a hater. We have been on the Hornets from the get go. <laughs> this podcast is pro Hornets. Get out of here with that. I'm being a hater. Is there a hater on your top five dunk list? No, I don't have it. No, no. Though I will say Malik Monk had some pretty filthy dunks. I was rewatching some of the some of the highlights. That man gets up. There were some alley-oops that he was like putting back while looking into the rim. I really wanted him to do well. I just, yeah. I've, I've always been attached to that guy. I just thought that he was going to be such a good player and he was sort of done dirty by the team when he was drafted. Um, and if I recall correctly, I don't think he's playing right now. Um, yeah, I don't think I so think, either. Yeah. So hopefully, um, hopefully he comes back and is ready to go for whenever we have the next season after this one. But yeah, I, I, I love that team. It's great. Anyway. So that's those, that's my number five. It's two dudes. And then great. a great. couple good, of observations about good Detroit single sports. dunk there, Natty. Well, done. <laughs> absolutely. You, you feel free. You can only have one at a time though. I'll have waves. You'll be the great. particle. I'll be the waves. Perfect. Perfect. That sounds right. Uh, all right. So my fifth dunk uh, of the year, I'm giving it to Aaron Gordon, who uh, pulling off the self alley oop against the Lakers Ooh, yeah. with like JaVale McGee just like hugging him from behind. Uh, things that went into this, obviously, you have to include if we're if we're looking at best dunks, and I, I I don't have the dentist on here, but there are certain people who you have to include, and Aaron Gordon is one of them. Anytime, obviously, anytime on a breakaway, he's going to do something beautiful with it. But breakaway dunks, I excluded; they were not part of my metric because I was like, I want in game oh. physical contact smack the bodies like i wanted i want something when i watch it i'm like jesus christ like if i could dunk i couldn't like i would have a hard time pulling that off so <laughs> um so aaron gordon self alley-oop was you know getting caught at the top of the key 
throws it off the backboard to himself. JaVale McGee's just basically draped on him like a cape. And not only that, not only did Aaron Gordon pull that off and dunk it successfully while getting fouled, the Magic then went on to win that game, 119 to 118. So uh, I'm, giving, I'm giving Aaron Gordon number five spot for that. He had a really sick like windmill dunk right in the middle of a game earlier this season too. He he's I, like that's the sort of thing that makes me an Aaron Gordon believer because you see something ultra athletic like that and you're like, oh shit, you know, like you have to like lean back away from the television or from the court. Um, and for some reason, the Magic I do sort of feel like kind of play some teams well, like they mm-hmm. just sort of match up poorly against them or well against the other teams. Um, I I mean, we've seen this before. It just sort of seems like Aaron Gordon needs to get out of there in order to blossom. I mean, it just, like, the roster doesn't seem that, like, it's conducive to helping him be a, a good player. Right. Um, especially now that Fultz is there, and if Fultz can't shoot from outside either. Oh, and Fultz had a couple of really fucking Fultz sick dunks. Fultz did have a couple of really nice dunks. Too. Dude, like, watching Magic Dunks was pretty cool. That was I mean, not if, bad if at Fultz, all. If Fultz had dunked on the Sixers at some point, if Fultz had dunked on <laughs> Ben Simmons, he would have been number one on the list. It's it's so nice to see that he's back and like is a legit NBA player. Yeah, it's, totally. that, that was one of the best things about this season. Well, it's it's another it's another example of just like I. There are some players who get taken early who just aren't good at basketball, and no matter where they bounce between like teams is just not going to work for them. Anthony Bennett is like, that guy is a definition hands down beginning to end bust. Right. Fultz is just a Fultz is a, an example of like, if you are in a situation and it's just not clicking for you, it's not working for you. A change of scenery can, can do so much and like a rejuvenation of like trust in you. And it's part of, it's kind of when we've talked about this and I'm sure, and we're not the only ones to think this, but like, it's kind of why everyone got excited about Wiggins heading to Golden State, where it's like, if Golden State can like teach Wiggins to consistently shoot, that's scary with him, with Steph and Clay, and you know that kind of and that already that culture that is you know well defined. Yeah, and Maple Jordan is still young, and Maple and, Jordan is real young, and all these guys. When we talk about the, they're like the super athletic guys that you can just sort of see jumping through dudes. Like every time Aaron Gordon has a thunderous dunk, you're like, God damn, how is he not a fucking better player? Um, and it sort of seems like not having an outside shot is the one common theme with all those dudes. Like if you, yeah. if you just can't hit like 30% of your threes, then you have to be able to be really, really good at all the other stuff. Right. And the question is, I was going to ask this, and we'll move on to our number four after this, but, like, would it surprise you if Aaron Gordon was on a kind of, like, or had a, a Blake Griffin career, like, where in the later half of his career he does learn how to shoot and becomes, a, you know, a little bit, have a little bit better of a jump shot after being this kind of, like, you know, uh, initially his game was just built upon his athleticism? I do think that you can improve as a shooter. That seems to be a skill that uh, multiple players have shown that you can get better at. Um, yeah. You know, Jason Kidd, famously. Uh, a lot Ryan of... Leonard. And shit. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, he... And, like, all of the bigs that are shooting now. You know, like, Brooke Lopez coming out of nowhere. Brooke Lopez becoming ago. an elite shooter from downtown, yeah. Totally. 
Um, so I feel like that is a skill that can develop, that you can work on, that you can get better at over time. But there are some things that you that just don't seem to, you know, like block rate. Like if you're a good blocker in college, sure, sure. you're going to be a good blocker. You know, like some things do translate over. I think it's hard for people um, to get much better at rebounds, but they can figure out like where people are, like the positioning becomes more important than uh, the actual trajectory of the ball. It's like, okay, well, if I'm one of these spots, then I have a better chance. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's just some dudes that just like can't shoot for mid range. Like one of the things that OKC is so good at this year is the mid range shot. And it's because like they're, I mean, the long first of two? all, they have is CP3. That, is that what you're talking about? Bam, dude, there you go. Like it's, but it's, that's where the open space is. Right. Because like everybody's either in the paint or they're defending the three. So also the three guards in Oklahoma City are small. So, but they just have found like a little bit of an open crease. Um, The Spurs sort of do that too. But it's, I mean, this is such a weird time in basketball right now that I I don't, I don't know. I like a part of me sort of thinks there's going to be a lot of movement over the next couple of years because this is all going to be so strange. And if Aaron Gordon ended up on a team, like, I don't know, like how about San Antonio? Like we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you can, you can see some teams that you think would be able to unlock uh, these players, but that doesn't always make it. So like sometimes the players just have to change on their own. Uh, But Aaron Gordon is still 25, right? I, I, I trust you. Sure. Sounds good. I, like, I think he's a baby. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there are a bunch of players who have been in the league forever. Like Andre Drummond, uh, who are still super young. Yeah, so totally. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a hell of a lot of time for people to improve their shots. In the meantime, these sick ass dunks are where you want to get it. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to snake this. So since you started with your 700 different dunks that you didn't even choose from, <laughs> I'm going to pick, give you my number four dunk of the year. Number four dunk of the year, uh, picking the Dame Meister, Damian Lillard, going up against the Denver Nuggets, where he drops Plumley, who's staggering out to meet him at the three-point line with a spin move, and then slams it home over a helpless Jamal Murray. It's just such a smooth sequence from he's the, I forget who meets him at, in half court, but he passes that guy drops Plumley with the spin move. Plumley looks just like a, like a headless chicken. There's your, <laughs> there's your baby giraffe learning how to walk. He's kind of like wobbling out there trying to slow Dame down and Dame just drops him effortlessly. And then the paint's wide open and Jamal Murray like takes, I mean, it's not really a poster as much as just kind of like, it's a very smooth move into a dunk by Dame and it just looks good. And it's also, he dropped like 36 or so, I think that game while, you know, the bench, while uh, the bench and uh, CJ McCollum dropped like 31. And so it's just like Dame being Dame and taking over. Maestro Dame Lillard, man. He just knows how to conduct it is unreal and And like even at the end of the games it doesn't seem like he's sweating really like you know it's just like he's still calm and cool and he doesn't care and he'll fucking sink it right in your face that's that's the perfect way the perfect way to describe this sequence is it's just it's beautifully it's beautifully conducted he is just the everything looks so effortless what he's doing and yet he is just like moving, moving like a knife through butter through the Denver defense and then just slamming it home. So 
that's my number four dunk of the year. He's great. I I mean, obviously, we love Melo. We love CJ. We love Dame. That team has been a little bit snake bit. Maybe a lot snake bit. Hopefully, Dame and CJ can yeah get some advantage. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see the footage of Melo playing defense in the bubble? I did. I oh. did. I like the haircut. I like the yep. effort. I love. I like him being in Mello. basketball. Yo, Mello, Mello is about to Mello is about to break some hearts if we're gonna have a if we're gonna have an actual le- uh, season this year or the rest of the season. Dude, what if it's Mello calling on everybody? Because he's like, "This is my fucking <laughs> best chance. This is my one best and he chance." Knows, he I'm knows getting everyone. all these he knows He's yeah. going to be the least expected. He's going to be the last person that everyone's going to go right. to CP3. Everyone's right. going to go to LeBron. Everyone's going to go to Harden and these p- players who snitch already. So like. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> Melo's just sitting in the background like, yes, this is how I'm going to win a, finally a championship. Four-dimensional chess, dude. It's not even about the basketball. The bubble no. is about survival <laughs> and victory. Who is going to Gordian not this motherfucker and just cut through? Yes, God, I damn. am here for it. Uh, all okay, right, my fourth, fourth yeah. is Ja over Aaron Baines in Phoenix, which was absolutely fucking crazy because like Ja comes in from the left and sort of gets in between two people and then staggers by Baines. He just gets right the fuck around him and then changes hands to put it up. It is, he's amazing. I'm so glad we have Ja Morant in the NBA. I was a little skeptical. I thought he was a little hyped up uh, and I was gunning for my guy, RJ Barrett rookie of the year who also had some very nice dunks this year but ja is incredible he slithers like that's what he does he slithers he gets into holes like barry sanders used to it's fucking nuts that he can get in amongst these big dudes like where the fuck did he come from i can't believe you have that as your fourth dunk of the year that is disrespectful to john ja Morant. not only john ja Morant roasting aaron baines while going across the you just like aaron net. baines <laughs> he no 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 no. John Morant switches hands while in the air while Baines is bodying the shit out of him. Dunks it like behind him while still posterizing him. And this is all like minute left in the game. Baines just scores to put the Suns within striking distance, one hundred nine, one hundred five. And Morant just like calmly walks the ball up the court, and you know shit's about to go down. And then he just at, iso's Baines, crosses him over, posters the living shit out of him. And then, and then just runs away, knowing that he has left a body there on the floor. No, this is I will I will jump ahead. This is my number two dunk of the year. I can't believe this oh. is number four. <laughs> How? Dude, and the Baines is not some punk ass. Like, no, it is like Ja is five minutes old and five inches tall, and he fucking did that. Like that's I mean, you know, Baines is a defensive player of the year, but that was nuts. <laughs> the the John Morant highlight reel that he is going to have over the next couple of years is going to be unreal. Like I don't I don't think we as as a as a collective basketball people are prepared for what he's going to do. Like if he had if he had completed his his Kevin Love dunk, if he had he almost got Anthony Davis on a dunk, like good lord, this man is going to get bodies and he's going to get big notable bodies. Yeah, I completely agree. I can almost see like in three years him being uh, like a bigger player than Anthony Davis, even though Anthony Davis is uh, like way more talented and much better Mm. right now. But just because AD sort of plays a little quiet, you know, like he's not Mr. 
razzle dazzle, pump them up. Like you could see the brow playing for the Spurs, you know, like he, there's a little bit of Tim Duncan in him, Yeah, but jaws just fireworks and glamor and red carpets and ninjas in the night. Like I could, I can't believe the fucking holes he gets through sometimes. It's, that team rocks. God yeah. Damn. It's going to be so we are, we are, and this is why like, let's not threaten anyone. Come on. Let's just, let's just maybe sit out for the rest of the year and let's wait for a 2021 season. But like, we are so blessed to have John Morant and Zion Williamson entering the league at the same time. They're both young as hell and they're just balling out and we get to watch them for the next, hopefully like 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not like eighteen to twenty, I mean, who the hell knows what's who knows? Right? Who knows? Uh, all right, we're gonna hit our next, our final three. But before we do, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and since we're snaking this sucker, uh, Natty, give us your third best dunk of 2019-2020 season. All right. This dunk three. occurred in Denver. We've already mentioned Ooh. Denver today, but it's pro nuggets. This is my boyfriend Gary Harris just all over Matthew Delvadova. Just all over him. I hadn't seen something like that in quite a while. It reminded me why I love my fantasy boyfriend Gary Harris so much. He looks sometimes like he could just be one of the best 15 players in the league. And I like that dunk for sentimental value, but it also sort of seemed like an old school one. Like I could, you could have seen it in the eighties maybe. Um, And like, there were also like way too many other nuggets highlights that I got distracted by. So I just went with that. Go Gary Harris. You are golden and fuck Matthew Delvadova. Who is bigger than you? Yeah, they uh they cut to the baseline cam for that when they show the replay and it is it is just demoralizing watching like you can see the thought process go through Matthew Delavadova's head like as Gary Harris gets cuz it's it's a it's like a 3 on 1 and they pass the ball back to Gary Harris who's already got momentum and Delavadova is standing there and you can see it in the way that he jumps the way that he does like attacks everything he's just like you can tell it's all out of just like I feel like I should be doing this. Like I, I'm the last person here. I should be jumping to defend this, but God, I really don't want to. And then Gary Harris doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and it just yeah. absolutely eviscerates him. All of a sudden, like it didn't seem like Gary Harris. He seems like regular Gary Harris. Like he passes the ball. It gets passed back to him. And then all of a sudden he turns into a fucking freight train. Like his momentum just be, goes up to 15. 
out of 10. He's, he becomes an unstoppable force of nature. And then poor Matthew Delvadova is there like, dude, I'm not going to win anything this he's year. He's like, like bro, I'm not bro, this game. I, I don't care about I, this game. I'm getting paid, I, but Jesus. I am not this. trying right now. And it'd be really nice if you could reciprocate that by also not trying. And yeah. Like, like, I'm not going to take a bullet for this goddamn team. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Where's LeBron? Get out of here. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. My number three? Three, yeah. My number three dunk and it pained me. I, it took me a long time to eventually put this on the, on the list, but I had to be Dr. Pete, an unbiased observer here. And the number three dunk for me this year was Kawhi Leonard over Daniel Tice uh, when the yeah. Celtics and the Clips played in, in LA. Gets by Smart, posters Tice, and then like hangs on the rim so casually. And of course does his little Kawhi thing, let's go, and just kind of like jogs back. Um, and the lack but, of emotion is the worst sequence, part of it. <laughs> oh my God. So demoralizing. Like he, he gets all of Tice. Tice goes is Tice is not half-assing it. Tice is like ball because this is their, the, the Clippers at the time are down six with three minutes left in the fourth. So like, this is a fucking game. I watched this game. This game was amazing. I, it was it, like most games that I watch when, uh, whenever Patrick Beverly is involved, it made me want to like <laughs> punch Patrick Beverly in the face. I love a fight I would so certainly hard. lose. I, I, I won't pretend that I, I would win that fight. But so like Tice is going for that ball and, and Kwai just full extension. You can see, you know, the claw in full effect. That ball is just like a looks like a nerf ball in his hand. Gets it down over Tice. The hang Tice is flipping all over the place and he just <laughs> lets go and jogs back. God, it was demoralizing when it happened you can attribute the win more or less to it uh yeah that's that's definitely a top three dunk for me this year and that's such i remember that game too because it's like that was a game that Kawhi won but Kawhi winning is such a weird thing to watch because it's a weird phenomenon. he doesn't get pumped up he's just you know like playing against a team of 10 year olds he's not going to pat himself on the back he's not gonna you know really get emotional about it this is just what he does to make money it's no big deal fans you know like i don't even like basketball maybe (laughs) then everybody else around him is like that's amazing (laughs) yeah lebron tries sometimes we'll try the like cool guy oh man this is oh this is nothing i'm just like staying chill and you're like okay lebron you know we know that you actually like our insider screaming and roaring the quiet just it's just he makes it look effortless. He makes it look like he's not even doing anything. And it and it just heightens the disrespect. Like if I ever got dumped yeah. on by a guy and he just doesn't make a big deal about it and just like kind of like w- runs away and like his team is going crazy, but he's just straight faced, doesn't say anything. I I don't know if I could get out of bed the next day. Like it's almost like he's not even thinking about you. Like he's no, right. he's thinking about something else. Like he plays basketball to make money f- to build a new large hadron collider. You know, like this is going to go towards Kawhi's lab after he retires, and he's just thinking about like pipettes and chemicals. Like it, it is, <laughs> and that's a dude that's maybe the best player in the NBA right now. And, yeah, and it's just. It's so cool. I love the NBA because what other sport can you be like, oh, yeah, this is the best player. Maybe he doesn't really like playing. We're not really sure. Like he's... Mike Trout, I feel like, is kind of that way for baseball. I feel like Mike Trout and, and Kawhi Leonard have similar just kind of like 
we're here to just dominate and then we're going to go our like but we're not we're not going to make a big deal about it see that's funny because i feel like mike trout is screaming inside internally being on the angels he's <laughs> well, like you know the japanese who put out the roller coaster like please scream inside your heart please scream in your heart <laughs> because mike trout like what's the best help they've ever gotten and Pujols, like what the hell man there's yeah. if he were on an actual team and i guess maybe he was going to be a little bit this year but you know then the plague hit um, but yeah, Mike Trout plays it cool, but there's, <laughs> I, I feel like he doesn't, uh, you know, disdain emotion. Like when the right. angels win, like he'll right. clap and smile. Right, right, right. <laughs> he'll well, acknowledge just, the victory. just nods. That's right. why it was Kawhi so just nods and it's like zero one, zero one, zero one. Right. When Kwai hit the shot against the Sixers, it was so weird watching him celebrate. It was unnerving. And then, and then within seconds, it like the computer like drive booted up again and was like, "Oh, be calm." And then you see him just like calm face. But it's, uh, it's awesome to remind yourself that any different type of person can win. You know, like juxtaposing yeah. Kawhi's um, glory right. versus Jordan's glory. You know, like how different those guys are, but they both obviously Kawhi likes basketball, <laughs> like they're and is trying to be the best player. And it is incredible to watch just how differently people can go about their craft. And the Clippers, now that the Lakers are a little bit thin due to, you know, a myriad of different things, like I kind of feel like the Clippers have the upper hand in L.A. Um, Mm -hmm. And if Paul George is all the way healthy, if his shoulders are a go, if everybody else is there, including my boyfriend, Patrick Beverly, then that's going to be maybe the toughest team in the Western Conference. Uh, all right. Well, since we already know what my two is and I'm flabbergasted that you are having multiple dunks over this dunk. Uh, what's your number two dunk? My number two dunk is, uh, De'Aaron Fox over Christian Wood in Detroit. It was like his arms grew mid dunk. Like you could see them just sort of extend like Mr. Fantastic. Um, the announcers had to pause you know, like one of them like said a prayer underneath his breath after it happened. It's like, dear God. It and it was uh I mean, I was watching that game. The Kings can be a really fun team. Then they could be a really good one if they didn't have all the wrong players in their front court, sort of. Um De'Aaron Fox is just a fucking marvel. He is so, so, so fast. He's so, so, so good. And when a dude can dunk like that, oh, and Christian Wood was good this year. Like he came out of nowhere, but like he was totally physical and was trying his best to get a new contract. Uh, so he was a guy that would take risks and maybe didn't mind posters. And De'Aaron Fox just fucking went warp speed and just jumped over him almost. Um, John Morant, he lives uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, that's where Natty lives. So if you can go, that's where you can go find him and tell him how absolutely wrong he was for putting that DeAndre Fox dunk over your dunk on Aaron Baines. The John Gary Morant Harris one. De'Aaron Fox, like that's going to be a story we're going to be having over the next 10 years, probably. This is it a story like that you're going two. to be regretting over the next 10 years. I can't believe that this is your number two dunk. Like, I, but like I think John Morant was De'Aaron Fox from two years ago. I, I mean, when Fox came in, he was Brees like, yeah. he was amazing. Everybody was all about him. 
Uh, okay. Well, I, but now I'm he's not, yesterday's news for you. You don't even you have swapped, a Zion dunk. If you swapped, I had every if you swapped Zion those dunk. two dunks, if you put John Moran at two and DeAndre at, at at four, I would not. I would have no problems with it. I'd be like, ah, oh, Natty, that's really big of you. It would have been back to back picks of me taking one for the team, you taking one for the team, watching both of our teams getting posterized. I've been like, that's so big of you, Natty. What a good, what a good ranking. What a good dunk to choose. And now that you have it as your number two dunk of the year. Oh my goodness. my goodness. But I had to knock Baines down just because he used to be a Celtic. And it's funny that you guys got rid of him when you could totally use him probably. And this, uh, this might break the podcast. De'Aaron did it over actual Pistons, you know? So it's like, I had to knock that up just a few. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, I appreciate how wrong you are. Uh, this leads me to think though, that there's not going to be a disagreement as to our number one dunk of the year. Oh, really? Well, maybe there seems like a clear one for me, but I will let you, I will be the bigger man. I will let you go first. Who, what is your number one dunk uh, for the 2019, 2020 season? It is DeMar DeChosen. Of course, course. dunking the living goddamn daylight through three different Raptors in Toronto while he's wearing the Spurs black and whites. It is so cathartic. That's what it is. It's cathartic. I got closure from that. hundred percent that dunk dunks, the living crap out of Chris Boucher takes him to the ground, stares him down, then gets a technical for leaving a dead body on the court. Oh my God. That dunk was absolutely vicious. He almost made Raptors fans regret it. He almost made them think like, damn, we shouldn't have made the Kawhi trade. Look at what he just did to us. That's crazy. Look at at how he just ended an action, took the life of a player just right there. Like mothers shielded their baby's (laughs) eyes, you know, like they don't replay it in Canada. You can't access it on YouTube. They just don't have that game or the stats there anymore. And it is, you can still hear it. Like you can just, oh. it, it vibrates out. And, uh, and the Spurs were down 59 to 76 when that dunk happened. And then they won 105 to 104. It's just the coolest goddamn fucking thing that ever happened anywhere to anyone. I'm and you so know, in love, you know, DeMar. that DeMar was just like, God damn, he was waiting for an opportunity to just stick it. Absolutely stick it to the Raptors. And Chris Boucher yeah. was just the unfortunate person. Right, uh, like he didn't do anything. He no, he didn't do shit. <laughs> he wasn't like no. I mean, it's like it's sad that you couldn't have had Kawhi there to like. God, can you imagine if if he? I mean, this is we've agreed. This is the best dunk of the 2019-2020 season. It is one of the most disrespectful things that happened in the year. It is so much backstory of DeRozan getting shafted, getting kicked out of Toronto for obviously a trade that you make. Like if you have a chance to get Kawhi Leonard, you make that trade. Hands yeah, down. they won it all. Absolutely, right? Yeah, of course. Hundred percent. You make that trade, but you can't. Like, you give. You can also appreciate the fact that DeRozan felt slighted. It's him taking, like you said, it's cathartic. It's him, uh, like taking all of that emotion and just letting it out in the court. However, <laughs> had this dunk happen on Kawhi Leonard, it would have been the greatest dunk in the history of basketball. Am I wrong in saying that? I think I probably would have, if that had happened, I probably would have teared up. 
it like I probably I things would have gotten a little dusty, you know, <laughs> like would have had to blink. Twitter would have melted. It would have ended. It would have it would have been absolute chaos, like it was yesterday when all the blue check marks got shut down and unverified Twitter was taking over the world. Yeah, Twitter would have like that's existed. a scene that leads to like the cop like giving over their badge and gun. Like it's the end of like point break. It's like Adam Silver just would have saw that and shook his head and walked out of the office and never come back. Basketball like, just ceases to exist. It's just yeah. that's it. done. Done. Well, the sport's going. over. It's been great. But this is the pinnacle of all basketball. Oh yeah. my God. It was I can't fucking believe that happened this year. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God. So anyways, definitely the best Best dunk of the year, hands down. There, Yo, there was big, s- big dap to you, socially distanced. I'm glad that we're, you know, simpatico on that because that yes. is just, it's such dynamite. It is absolute I, goddamn cold fire. Yeah, I poured over, I poured over the tape to try to find because you know I wanted to, I wanted to see if I could find something better, if there was a hotter dunk, a take that I could make. But no, after watching multiple best ten, best hundred dunk, you know, clips. Uh, there was there was no dunk that was I could comfortably put ahead of of Demar dunking over Chris Boucher. You know what I felt bad about though. I obviously LeBron had a ton of dunks this year. I was like not impressed with any of them, no. <laughs> and I he felt so against the like Kings. such a jerk because like obviously they're awesome and he's the fucking best. And who the hell am I? And every time I watched one of them, it was like, yep. And then he did that. So. He's LeBron. So what? Who cares? Yeah. He had one really nice one against the Kings, but I also, I mean, partially because, you know, I, I hate the Lakers, but also I was just <laughs> kind of like, uh, it's again, it's, it's the after effect. It's the fact that LeBron then just like struts after a dunk. And it's like, all right, well that kind of diminished its impact, at least for me, like somehow then it's not as powerful. Whereas it's like, if you go from like the, the Kawhi dunk and then the DeMar, the Rosen, he, he dunks the living shit out of him, tackles him to the ground, like yeah. pushes him down to get up, stares at him, gets a technical, <laughs> and still walks away and shoots the free right. throws. Like he dunked was, it oh like it was God. Boucher's fault. Like what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, Boucher like, he had just the one got who, like, here. Made the trade. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Oh, like he God. paid off Masai Ujiri. <laughs> like, but I mean, LeBron, I I have been super impressed with his passing this year, like he's made some incredible fucking assists, but it's just that, yeah, the dunks just don't seem like as passionate, strangely. Whereas DeMar, like that, that was like a nuclear explosion that like generations from now, people will remember it. They'll speak about it in hushed tones. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Well, there you go. There is our top five dunks for 2019, 2020 season. Well done, sir. I love your Thank list. You. Good job. Yeah, your list was all right. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I got you, at least two out of five. You got no. You got three out of five. I'm going to give you. I'm going to get the Gary Harris dunk was absolutely destructive. Like that was just. And delicious. I feel like I feel like three is a good appropriate rating. I feel like his and Dame Lillard's dunk were were on equal footing. Um, let us know what you think was the best dunk of, or your top five dunks for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, there's so many different clips that you can watch from. 
I want to, we want to hear what yours is. Make sure to tweet them at us at the long two podcast or drop them in the podcast uh, comment section. So make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there. Leave a review, drop your top five dunks there. You can find us at the fake teams podcast channel. So search that and hit subscribe. Then you are all set. Uh, we will be back at you next week to keep talking basketball until then Natty stay safe. You do the same. Just one last thing. Is it true that Kobe White has only dunked four times this season? And if it is true, why isn't that dude with that hair dunking every game? Kobe White, step your shit up. Absolutely. See you next week, buddy.